Hello, welcome to episode 35, the penultimate episode of season two of the Northern Chorus Fantasy Pints podcast. Once again, it's kind of a bonus special episode. There's not the Fantasy Pints question, but as it was with Omid, Jalili, and I think a couple of others along the way, it was originally meant to be a website feature. And I soon realised through the interview it was going to be much better for the audio format. So this one's with Clint Boone in Spiral Carpets. Um, this It's the second of our Neighbourhood Weekend specials. The first was with the lottery winners. So we talk all about the festival and, and also Warrington, his history with the with the town. We talk about the Inspiral Carpets reunion, what you can expect, whether there's any new music on the horizon. And we also talk about his DJing. So he's been DJing for XS Manchester, previously XFM, of course, for many years. And he was a club DJ for South for many years. And now he's moved on to the Deaf Institute. So plenty of stuff in the pipeline in terms of that. We speak to him all about what's in store for those. Noel Gallagher, of course, worked with Inspiral Carpets in the early years. So we get the insight on what it was like to work with him from a young age. And he also tells us what his relationship is with the Gallaghers today and the potential of an Oasis reunion, of course. It's a really good chat. Hope you enjoy. Here you go. First, first things first, the big announcement in Spirals reuniting. Um so tell me, why now? It just felt right. I mean, because for years, we've not wanted to do anything. I mean, obviously, our drummer Craig passed away in 2016, November 2016. So since then, we've just not been interested in playing live or, or recording. Uh, the, the band is still very much a business. You know, we're still doing, um, like we did two Tim's Twitter listening parties last year, which were great. Mm -hmm. And there's always stuff going on with the band, like the Spirals, to do with you know, people relate, releasing compilation albums and, you know, they want to include one of our tracks on it. So there's always business, but, you know, the idea of gigging, it was just like, I felt like it was probably all over, you know, in terms of not having the desire to do it without Craig. Mm. And then it was in July of uh, this year where we got um, just one particular offer that popped through and it wasn't even a money offer. It was like, do you fancy doing, you know, this this gig? And it was going to be a, a tour in November of 23. Mm. And it was just, you know, just very, a vague sort of offer. And it's like, you know what? I think I'm ready for that. I think personally, I, I, I think I'm ready for it. It gives me enough mm. time to clear my diary because I'm always mm. busy DJing and doing the radio stuff. So it gives me enough time to clear the diary, learn to play keyboards again because I've not played literally since 2015. Mm. Um, <clears throat> and also, you know, it, I think I need something else to focus on rather than spending all my time playing other people's records, which is what I do as a DJ and as a radio yeah. presenter get back to celebrating some of the records I made with my friends over the last 30 years. So mm. it's, um, yeah, it just ticks a lot of boxes for me. It's, it's going to be emotional, obviously, doing it without Craig. Mm. will be emotional, but, it, you know, it, it's time for things, it's time to get the machine back out. It's like having a, a big fancy car in the garage and we've just not used it for a few years and we're yeah. about to get it out of a vintage car. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So is it, kind of, is it, is it like a celebration rather than, some rather than new music have you thought about yeah. new music it, it's absolutely a celebration two things it's not it's not about new music and it's not like it's not like there's been a divorce or a big tax bill and we're thinking i can get some of this money and it's like <laughs> it's purely time to celebrate what we created and, and time to celebrate craig's work as well you know that's uh mm. he, he was the only drummer that the band has ever had pretty much he, he was with us for 30 years 
So, <clears throat> you know, when it, when we're on stage and it's going to be a guy called Kev Clark is going to be on drums with us. Kev's a brilliant drummer. Mm. Um, he's going to be standing in, you know, on the drums and he, he's got it note for note perfect. It's uncanny what he's doing. Mm. But yeah, we'll be thinking about Craig with every beat. You know, Craig will be there with us. So it's yeah. a celebration of, you know, our back catalogue, <clears throat> our fan base. We've got such a loyal fan base that have been waiting for this for a long time. Um, celebrate mm. that and celebrate the work of Craig Gill. Yeah. Money-wise, I couldn't even tell you how much we're making because I don't, I'm not, not even that bothered about the yeah. money side of it. We will make money out of it, but it's not why we're doing it. You know what I mean? I make enough money out of my DJ work, so I'm not, not struggling or anything. Yeah, yeah. So, because, um, <laughs> well, the, the fans, like you say, it's a loyal fan base for Inspiral Carpets and, and they'll connect with the emotional side of it as well. But it, if some of them aren't too sure what to expect, what would you what would you kind of say to them to if they weren't sure about coming along because of the past? Um, I'd say you're going to get some of our most high energy music. You know, it's mm. like there's only, there's only a couple of downbeat tunes in there this time. It's like it's going mm. to be a lot of the... The stuff that we were famous for at the beginning, you know, the the the, the garage music, you know, the sixties inspired garage music that we're good at. Yeah. You know, when I say that, I mean from from stuff like Keep the Circle Around, our first sort of single right the way through to Saturn Five and mm. Let You Down, the track that we did with John Cooper Clark. We put a single out in uh, twenty fifteen, I think, with John Cooper Clark on it. Mm. And it was always that that garage, that high energy garage music. That's what we're going to be doing a lot of that. And all, all the hits will be in there. Mm. Um and there won't be any anything new. We're not doing anything new this time. It's just yeah. the big crowd favourites and the hits. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's good. what you can expect. But a lot of a lot of energy, I think, for for a bunch of blokes our age. Well, three of us, me, Graham, and Steve, are obviously getting on a bit. The two younger lads on bass and drums, they're uh, you know they're quite energetic anyway. But they're only they're only young lads. <laughs> yeah, I think um, me, Steve, and Graham. It still feels like when we started the band in the eighties. It, it still feels the same as that. You know, the energy in the room and the enthusiasm and the passion for, for what we're doing. Yeah. It feels it feels to me like feels like nineteen eighty eight again to me, you know, in a funny sort of way. Yeah. I was I was gonna ask you about that. Is it when you think back to the to the sort of start of the band and, and things like that, does it does it feel like a lifetime ago? But you may have just answered it in in, in that. Does it still feel fresh? Um, I'm aware that it's a long time. You know, it's like thirty four years in eighty eight, thirty four years. So I'm aware that it is a long time ago, but I think because on a daily basis, right through my life, you know, my, my adult life as well, I'm mm. reminded every day about, you know, that, that fella, you know, the cow there. And <laughs> I, hear my record, I hear my records on the radio and, I, you know, play them in the clubs. And mm. so I'm reminded every day about my journey or our journey, the band's journey. So, mm. yeah, it, it doesn't, it, it, it's it gone like that. You know what I mean? It's, it does, time goes fast, doesn't it? Um, mm. But yeah, it feels, it's quite, it's still quite fresh in my memory. You know, a lot of the, Feelings. I'd like when I say it, 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 in a funny sort of way. This feels like 1988. I'm on about the you know the excitement about getting the keyboards plugged in again and yeah, yeah. And trying to work out how to play you know the middle bit of Saturn Five whatever. It's really exciting. You know what I mean? It's just and it, mm. I think it's in my head. It's what I needed. I'm sure the other lads will feel exactly the same. Mm. You know to yeah. get them back to. Well, let's put it this way. Bottom line is this: it's like out of everything that we've ever achieved, me, me you know, myself, Graham, Steve. You know, it's like I've done a lot of things in my career, but the Inspiral Carpets is the thing that I'm most known for, you know, be, being in that band. So, yeah, let's yeah. get it going again. And it might be, mm -hmm. this might be the last time round, we don't know, but we're, we're going to get out there and give it our best shot. Yeah. Our last gigs were in uh, 
November, December of 2015, we did a tour with Shed 7. Yeah. So our last ever gig was supporting Shed 7 in Leeds at the Academy. Um, and we love Shed 7. We've got a long history with them. But mm. you know, I, I don't think that that should be the, the Spiral Carpet's last ever gig, personally. No. Yeah. If, we, if we are going to go out at all, we need to go out with a big bang. And yeah, yeah this year's looking great. The tour's selling really well. We sold out three three of the gigs on day one of tickets going on sale. Yeah. We've got a lot of festivals through the, um, through the year. Mm. Uh, we've been offered a trip to Greece in early March, which we might do. So our first gigs might be in, in Greece. Yeah. Um, and then Robbie's we're going to talk about Neighbourhood as well, which is a you know, it's a really high profile festival and it's a great gig for us to be offered. You know, we're flattered that we've been offered it. Yeah. Um well, so yeah, neighborhood would be great. I've never, I've never played, I've DJed at neighborhood related events, but I've never actually played at neighborhood festival yet. So Yeah, I was gonna say, so what's your kind of uh, thoughts on the festival? Because it's see it's done really well quite quickly hasn't it it's became a focal point of particularly the northwest festival yeah. season i'm looking forward to it I'm, I'm, I'm guessing i think like like a few other festivals it's, it's quite a young audience in it neighborhood uh yeah to be fair, it's, it's more mixed than you than you think right, okay so, but I'm, I'm just guessing that the front row a lot of these gigs it's going to be a lot of kids who've never seen us before yeah you know people that are in the, the first year or two of going to live music events and i like the idea that they're going to look at us and think, wow, you know, they do look a bit seasoned, but they can do it. These fellas <laughs> can do it, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah, but and that's, I think that's a good thing about, like, music, rock and roll in general, is that as the Rolling Stones have got older and older, we've all allowed to be older in this trade. There was a time when there seemed to be a bit of um, prejudice about, like, you know, back in the 80s, if you were in a band and if you were over 30, it was like, God, he's getting on a bit, isn't he? Uh, <laughs> yeah. my but yeah, I think because you know it's okay to be getting on a bit in this mm. industry, in yeah. in the you know in this this time, which is great. So yeah, bring it on. We're going to give it our best shot. We're going to get out there, make people dance, make people buy our records so if, they, if they like what they see on stage. Go and buy the back catalogue, and uh, mm. yeah, it's it's a it's a real feel good thing for me. It's you know, yeah. it, like I say, it's what I needed. It's what the band needs. I think mm. um, it's what our audience need, and I think the world. You know, for every every inspiral carpet's getting back together, or the Pope getting back together, or Peter Kay getting back on stage, mm. it's all feel good stuff, isn't it? And it, it's like the world getting back on its feet after everything we've gone through over the last two or three years. Yeah, no, definitely. And you mentioned that that younger mm. crowd element to neighbourhood and and appealing to a new generation, I suppose. Yeah. But inspiral carpets have left the the mark on the industry. So did you notice a shift with, with new generations coming to see you when it, as it went past? Yeah, I did. Last time I toured, I definitely saw that. Mm. Um, and I see it with other bands as well. I mean, I do a lot of work with the Clone Roses, you know, the tribute band. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I've been working with them for 25 years. I, just, I, I DJ, before they come on stage, I do a little DJ set. Mm. And I've seen how their audiences, you know, in the last two or three years, it's a young audience. It's... Mm. Kids that are probably 17, 18 year old and maybe younger. Um, yeah. And then as a DJ, I'm obviously DJing in clubs, you mm. know, sometimes four or five times a week. Mm. And I'm seeing that audience being, you know, the first generation, you know, our kids coming out for the first time to clubs and like the Death Institute, I'm doing that every month now. Yeah. And that's very much turned into a student night this year. It's like the freshers are coming and mm. they've been there every month for the last four months and they are absolutely first year freshers and just the, the crowd surfing the stage diving <laughs> loving it you know what i mean and yeah it's like i'm old enough to be the granddad literally 
you know what I mean? <laughs> and the Dershman yeah. and Boone Army. And, so I think a lot of it is that. I think a lot of it is, you know, they've come to Manchester, some of them, and they've been told by the parents, yeah, check out Boone, he's a good DJ. Check mm. out his band in Spirals. It's so... I think we're benefiting from that, really. I mean, obviously, we've got a long heritage, which people know mm. about and talk about. And I think that's feeding through now to the uh, the younger generation. Yeah, A long way that continue. Yeah, definitely. Uh, you, you've touched on your DJ, and I think you mentioned your, your neighbourhood. I think that was Friars Court, wasn't it, after the first year? Because I think, I, think right. I might, I think I might yeah. have been there. It was after either Cortina's or Noel. Yeah. Um, so, can we expect something similar to that as well, or will it just be um, just be playing this year? You know what? I'm still I'm, I'm continuing my DJ work through the next year. I mean, I've got bookings up in like 2024. I've got bookings in 2024, but mm. I, I'm probably going to just back off a little bit on some of the DJ work. Mm. Uh, and when we're on tour, yeah, I'm not going to try. And, I could probably do after show DJ sets every night, mm. but part of me, I don't want to get exhausted. I don't yeah. want to re relish the vibe. You know, when, when the band come off stage. Mm. especially with the two new members we've got, uh, Jake and Kev. I, I don't want to just have to rush off to a DJ gig. I, I like the idea of sitting around on the bus, you know, on the back, back lounge of the bus, which is traditionally, mm. that's the inner sanctum for most touring bands, that <laughs> back lounge of those beautiful sleeper buses. Yeah. And I like the idea that we'll sit there for a couple of hours telling stories and anecdotes mm. about Craig Gill and some of the amazing things that he got up to. You know what I mean? So Yeah. Yeah, like mm. rather than rushing off DJing every night, I'll, I'll probably spend a, a lot more time with the band. Mm. Um, and I'll do the, the odd gig. I, I'm probably doing an after-show DJ gig after the Manchester gig. I've got that in the diary. I think I'm doing Death Institute that night. Okay, yeah. So, so, but yeah, I mean, uh, <clears throat> Prior's Court's a great little club and, you know, I've had some great times in there over the years. Mm. Um, whether I'll be doing it this year after Neighbourhood, I'm not sure yet, but we'll yeah. see. yeah. But just finishing on the, the neighbourhood side of things, what's your experiences with Warrington in general? Because I feel like Neighbourhood Weekend, uh, it's, it's already got its own musical history, but it's kind of making Warrington really fresh again. Yeah, totally. Well, and I've always had a great relationship with Warrington. I mean, you know, the Power Hall is somewhere we played, yeah. you know, right in the early days of the Inspirals. Mm. And I've done the Warrington, uh, is it called the Golden Square Festival? I've DJed at that a couple mm. of times. And that's a phenomenal event, you know, under the covered... It's an outdoor yeah. market where it's covered. Yeah. With the church right next to you. Mm. I know one year I had to play the first hour really quiet because there was a, a service on in the church. <laughs> and um, it was like, that was funny. And then right on the, you know, as a, on the stroke of whatever, six o'clock when the service finished, you're like, bang, get it up. <laughs> the, bells, the, the bells chime. I am the resurrection. There you go. <laughs> There's a bit of, put, put that in your service. <laughs> but, um, <clears throat> yeah, I've always had good, uh, good times in Warrington and, I mean, a lot, a lot of the suburbs, obviously, I've got, I've got a really strong ties with a lot of the suburbs of, of Manchester, if you can call Warrington a suburb. Um, mm. But yeah, I'm looking forward to getting back and I'm, I'm looking forward to, you know, neighbourhood is like, like I say, it's a, it's a modern contemporary festival. It's mm. Some of the festivals we're being offered are a bit more for heritage acts, you know, like Shine Festival. We're doing Shine next year again. Yeah. Um, but this, you know, neighbourhood feels like, it's a bit like part life for people that like cool music. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know what you mean. And of course, you've got your own tour. I think you've got thirteen dates, which we've we've briefly discussed. So, what where are you excited to play on on that? Is there anywhere you're pinpointed, or is it the classic? We want to get out to everywhere. Well, you, you do. You know, I'm looking forward to getting onto any stage over the next year or two. But um, there's certain times like Glasgow is always a, an amazing place for. Mm. Not just for us, but any any Manchester band. You know, they'll always mm. tell you Glasgow's, 
you know, it's like the second home. It's it's where mm. you're guaranteed to get 100% yeah. love in the room. So we're playing a, a new venue that I've not played before uh, called Galvanizers in Glasgow. Um, okay. We're playing there, so I'm really looking forward to that. London is always epic because it's nice to get catch up with a few of the industry friends that you've lost touch with over the years. And yeah. you always seem to turn up in London, your old record company acquaintances and mm. various pop stars and things that might be knocking about. <laughs> um, but yeah, to me, it'll be like, from it, you know, our first gig on the UK tour is Northampton on the 23rd of March. And, mm. you know, can't wait. If, if that was going to be this weekend, brilliant. Bring it on, I'm ready for it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, Still got a bit of work to do on the, uh, the the keyboard equipment and that technical side of it, but generally, yeah. I mean, when we had the first rehearsal back in, I'm guessing two or three months ago, the first rehearsal with the two new members, Kevin mm. and, and Jake, we, we just worked on 10 songs and it was that good. We could have gone out the next night and done those 10 songs of the gig. They were right. gig ready after night one, you know what I mean? Mm. So I'm sure there'll be bum notes, especially on my part, after I've had a couple of drinks, but <laughs> I, think, you know, I, I think it's... It feels like it's the start of a new chapter for the band. Yeah. Um, and yeah, just I'm so excited for it. And just, you know, absolutely. Yeah. I'm already so, I'm already celebrating. Hmm. So can you see it going beyond that then? Can you say if you say it's a new chapter, could you see it going certainly, beyond? Certainly into, you know, we're looking at gigs on into twenty twenty four at the moment. Hmm. Okay. And I, I think, you know, the natural you know, the natural process is that yeah, at some point we'll start probably making some new music. Hmm. Um and that'll Again, give us another couple of years of work to do in terms of touring it and promoting it and that. So, um, and it's interesting as well. Like when Craig died at 2016, you know, through 2016, we were working on new music. We were recording new tracks. So there's a lot of recordings on the shelf that have never been finished. So that might be the, 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 the you know, the, the nicest next project to do. Might be let's finish those recordings in, in, in memory of Craig. Yeah. And, and then take it on to brand new music from there, maybe. Yeah, so, that sounds... and we've got a lot of stuff. We've got a lot of stuff from the archives that's never been seen or heard, and we, we, you know we're always talking about what about digging this out and putting that out as a release. So we did it with Dung Four a few years ago. We had a a cassette that we released in 1987, eleven song cassette, mm. and we put that on out on vinyl in um, 20, 2015, I think twenty sixteen maybe. And that was a great little project, digging that out and getting the tapes and hearing them for, for the first time in 30-odd years. Yeah. So we've always got stuff like that that we're talking about digging out and releasing. So, yeah, I think we're going to be quite productive over the next couple of years. Yeah. No, it sounds like there's lots of uh, ideas flowing, lots of stuff. Yeah, for, absolutely. For taking absolutely. it forward. Yeah. I think I saw something, did, did Cheese and Grain as well, no, just mentioning the tour, I think yeah. I saw something online of you pinpointed that one because it was one of the last gigs you've played was it in 2015 yeah i mean we have played there before and it's a it's a it's become an iconic venue hasn't it you know because yeah. of the boo fights i mean basically it's, it's near glastonbury paul mccartney but, played last year didn't paul mccartney did it recently but it's usually where artists will pop off on the way to not pop off awful. i don't mean that in dying <laughs> they'll, they'll drop in on the way to glastonbury yeah, and do yeah, like yeah. a warm-up gig which is yeah. what i think we did when, the, the last time we did it Mm. Um, but it's a, it's a beautiful venue and it's like through the days um, from what I can remember it's like an indoor market area Yeah. Mm. and then for the gigs to clear all the market stalls out and bang you know you, you've got a gig happening um, and at the moment that's the final gig on the tour mm. uh, and it's a beautiful little village as well for him it's a really beautiful old old English sort of village and mm. nice idyllic place to, to end, end the tour on but as I said I've, you know through the summer we've got a lot of other festival work to do so it's not really the end of mm. anything really it's just 
you know, yeah. it's a gig at the end of that UK tour, but there'll be something else the week after, I'm sure. Yeah, no, sounds good. Uh, we'll talk about your, your side projects, not well, side projects, it's your, your job, your radio DJ, and then um, yeah. I'm assuming that's going to carry on. Is it still Excess Manchester? That's Yeah, I do Excess Manchester five days a week, uh, and well, six including, I do a Saturday afternoon show, but uh, I do the drive time four till seven yeah. through the week. And it's a nice, nice little gig, you know, it's a feel good gig. It's, you know, people like what I'm doing. It, you know, the music policy is great, the station's you know, it's thriving as a as a Manchester music station. It's really good. Mm. So yeah, to answer your question, through next year I intend to carry on the radio show as much as I can. Um, same with the DJ work. Mm. But at some point, I mean, depending on what happens with these spirals, if we start touring internationally again, mm. which could happen, um, you know, I, I might have to take a bit of a break from the radio and the DJ work. Just play, just taking it as it comes. Really, I don't have any, don't have any long term vision. I mean, I think. Over the last couple of years, I think I've been a bit frustrated about not doing more creative work, you know, or not being seen to do as much creative work as I used to do. And I think this has ticked a massive box. You know, the Inspirals getting back out is like, mm. it's a massive, what I call creative move. Yeah. Uh, and we're just relaunching Mrs. Boone's tea parties as well, which is my wife's cake business and tea party, yeah. which is like, it's based around these, these rock and roll tea parties that we do. We just, just had the lot, lottery winners on that, yeah. Lottery winners I... played at the, the opening a couple of weeks ago. They played the launch event, but we're doing that. We're hoping to go fortnightly with that in the new year. Yeah. Um, and that involves, you know, last time we did it, people like Franz Ferdinand and the Enemy, Maximo Park, mm. came and performed at our tea parties. Mm. So, you know, that that again is going to, it's a great, a very creative thing for, you know, for the Boone family to be bringing back, really. Yeah. Mm. I think what I'm saying is, up until July of this year, I was in my head thinking, I need to be doing something. I need to be getting back on track. Yeah. And this is it. Inspiral yeah. Carpets are happening and Mrs. Boone's Tea Parties is happening. And yeah, life feels Lots. better already. Just having, having a focus on mm. what I'm going to be doing next year and the year after, um, rather mm. than just playing the same records in the same clubs and shouting Boone Army in between them. <laughs> so, so it's kind of like a fresh, fresh project. Something, something new. Uh, yeah, you, I mean, it's you know, like someone who needs to keep, keep busy. It's stuff, it's stuff we've done before, but it's definitely a new chapter in terms of celebrating. Yeah, yeah. It's amazing stuff we've created. I mean, these spiral carpets is like when I think back to when we started the band before we even made records. There'd be certain bands that I'd look at, and they, all, you know, in my mind, they'd be up on a massive pedestal. Mm. You know, like. A, a band called the Wolfhounds that were a British band, you know, in the mid eighties. To me, they were like huge, successful, achieved. You know, we we did hundred times more than what that band achieved, really. So what I'm saying is, you know, my ideas of uh, ambition back then, mm. you know, I far achieved it and and way more. You know what I mean? Mm. And that's just the Inspiral Carpets, this little cow feller here, and you know, <laughs> mates. It's like. Mm. it's phenomenal what we achieved so we you know yeah now is a good time to get out and remind ourselves how good it was and remind the world that you know we, we weren't just um we weren't just also runs in the manchester music scene which i think is what some of the press used to say back then you know what i mean <laughs> we were actually you know prime movers in in that in that that era of music i think yeah so do you, do you ever sit back and reflect on it or do you keep moving because you seem like you want to keep busy and you do always have things mm. on do, do you ever need time to, to yourself for that 
Not, not really. I don't. I don't really do a lot of me time stuff. Me, I'm always busy doing what I'm doing, you know. And then there's a list in my diary, literally, of all the other things I need to be doing. And <laughs> other, I'm working on other projects that are not even public yet. There's there's one big project that, if that gets the green light, I might have to take a break out of a lot of things because it's going to be a, a big, big thing that'll be bigger, probably bigger than the Inspirals um, journey. So I've, I've always got other things on that are uh, time consuming. Mm. so yeah to answer your question I don't really sit there and think oh do you remember that time when such a thing happened but I do I find artifacts around the house that'll make, like I find a cassette tape of you know me working on new songs in 1990 you know what I mean mm. which became yeah. Viral's tunes and things like that will transport me back and remind me mm. um, and you know it'll, 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 yeah, it'll remind me of how I felt in 1990 where the band had just broken through and you're thinking this feels like I've got all my you know my, life and a great career ahead of me mm. uh, you can't be too complacent can you because a few years after we split up in 95 mm. took an hiatus if that's the word um and yeah that that period was a little bit hard for a couple of years there. i was like you know having to work hard to keep the money coming in and support the family and that so yeah mm. i think um what i'm saying is even at the height of our success i wasn't too complacent and, and yeah. too i didn't get too um smug about the situation yeah. I always knew that there's a real world out there, and at some point I might come crashing back into it. <laughs> well, there'll be something to say about that about that attitude being the reason for continued <clears throat> success, won't there? It would be that drive that. Yeah, I think I think I've always I've always had that that working class sort of uh, ethic that you know I've got I've got family to support, I've got bills to mm. pay. I've never been, you know, I'm not as wealthy as some of my mates who were in the same trade, so I've always had that, um, you know, through necessity, I need to keep moving and keep. You know, keep working. Unfortunately, the work that I do as a DJ, a radio presenter, a musician, people do subscribe to it, so it does it pays the bills. And I'm fortunate. I think myself very lucky about that. But like when the pandemic happened, you know, that, that was like my main income. The DJ work just went out the door. Sixteen month of nothing coming in in terms of events, you know, clubs, yeah. festivals. It all got cancelled, and it was a, a shock. But just got busy, you know, creating other income streams. I got back into making new music, new solo music, mm. and sharing that uh, on Patreon. Yeah. Which brought a bit of money in, and then I started DJing, doing online DJ sets from home. I carried on doing my radio show, but did it from home, which was great. Mm. So just got busy, you know, I saw, saw the income go up, you know, the, the diary just went, you know, six-figure sum of money just went overnight, pretty much mm. when the uh, pandemic kicked in. Mm. But um, just got busy you know, supporting the family. And I loved it. You know, it's like, I just, mm. I got into a position where I was just, I didn't want to come out of the house ever again. I wanted to just stay at home in my little studio working on yeah. my, my art and my music and my, you know, mm. my DJ work and all that stuff. But yeah, thankfully I'd, I had to come out. I was forced to come out kicking and screaming mm. because uh, the DJ work was coming back into the diary. You know what I mean? It all been rescheduled. So, yeah. so I came out at the end of July of um, 21. Yeah, 21. Um, and I've not looked back, just been brilliant. And it's made me appreciate life more than ever, mm. really. Made me appreciate yeah. being around people, you know, being being able to walk through Manchester City Centre, mm. all the things that God took away from us during that that dark time. It's like just made me appreciate, you know, the, the minute details of, you know, yeah. life in, in, you know, in this city. Yeah, no, that's really interesting. And have you ever had an appreciation of, what you'll mean to other people as well, particularly not just in spirals as the radio DJ, you were quite, 
you were a big part of XFM that then people then took over when they were worried maybe about the global change and now XS Manchester and you've been kind of a constant for them. Uh, do you do you ever <clears throat> see that side of things? I see it and I hear it. People tell me how, how important it is and how, how important my contribution is to, you know, their, their lives. Mm. But I'm determined not to um, get too self, self-analytical self about it. It's like, mm. I'm a, I am who I am and, you know, my day starts feeding a load of pets, including guinea pigs. And, you know, and then we've got to, we, we, we homeschool our boys. We've been doing that for 11 or 12 years. So that involves a certain amount of, um, you know, domestic stuff so yeah what i'm saying is it's like my, my life to me is quite ordinary and i'm just i'm just another just another bloke really from around here and i'm fortunate mm-hmm. that the work that the, the stuff that i create or the stuff that i do you know on the radio or in the clubs people love it people i think people see that i've got a passion for music and that's yeah. what they subscribe to because that yeah. sort of passion is um it's infectious isn't it really yeah you know what I mean, Definitely. if you see mm. if you see a busker on the street corner and he's, you know, a bit rubbish, but he's loving it and he's bouncing about, and you know, it's like you stand and watch him, won't you? I think mm. we like to be around positivity, and I think that's why people probably appreciate what I, what I bring to the table. So I said yeah. I wasn't really self-analytical, but I just have been there. I? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, honestly, no. I don't. Yeah. I don't look in the mirror in the morning and think, "Hey, Clint Boone, look at Clint Boone, legend." <laughs> no, I don't. I don't think anyone gets that impression. Well, people come up to me and do that. You know, people come up to me and go, "You know, it's like," yeah. which is lovely, and I, I, I never, ever, ever begrudge that. And mm. if people want a selfie or an autograph or a cow drawing on the leg or whatever, yeah, to do it. You know, yeah, because yeah, they're yeah. the people that have given me the the lifestyle that I've got, really. And, you know. Yeah. yeah, how could you ever begrudge it? How could you ever not play this? Is how it feels at one of your gigs. It's like mm. every gig yeah. we ever do for the rest of my life, we'll do that song. You know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. <laughs> um, and just we'll we'll wrap up in a second, but just in terms of you said you're a pas- passionate man about music. You also play music live and on the radio. So if you were to give anyone tips of of new artists you're enjoying at the minute. Who would you uh, who would you shout um, out? Some of these you will have heard of, some you won't. I mean, there's a band from St. Helens called Chicken Man and the Bad Eggs. I'm from St. Helens originally. Right, okay. So check out <laughs> this band, Chicken Man and the Bad Eggs. They're like they just knock out. And the front man yeah. is is called Mouse um Ryan. It, but they're just a, a brilliant band. Yeah. Um I love the Lathams, and I think where, where they're going is Yeah. You know, incredible. They're not just an indie guitar band. They're, they're something else. Um, lottery winners from Lee. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You, you mentioned them earlier. They're, they're again phenomenal band, and I think I think there'll come a moment where they'll just they'll have a worldwide hit at some point. Yeah, I do think there's potential for that to happen with that band. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's a band called The Solution, which my, my son has just started. A three-piece band from Manchester. Mm. Three piece post punk, got nice. one of the best front men I've seen in recent years, Shan. But yeah, mm. check out the uh, solution, they're brilliant. Yeah, um, and then I love you know, new new artists of recent years, like the Snuts from Scotland, I think are amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sam Fender mm. is just that, that is that is a British Bob Dylan, Bruce Springsteen in the making. I know that Bruce is one of his heroes, but. If you look at the stuff he's writing, it is he's twenty five. I think he's twenty one when he put his first album out, mm. and that is it, he is just he's going to be around forever. And you know, yeah. one of the greatest British songwriters in, in history, I think. Mm. Simple as that. 
Yeah. yeah. High praise, so, that. What? High praise. Uh, yeah, and I told him, I interviewed him a couple of years ago before he, just when the first album was coming out, I think he interviewed him then, and, mm. and I told him that at the end of the interview, I just more or less said that, you know, I, I meet a lot of talented people in this job over the years, but you are something very, very special. And he was mm. like, well, hey man, did you hear that? We said you couldn't believe it. I said it. <laughs> it's so yeah. obvious you are. He is, yeah. you know, very special, that fellow. Yeah, no, I agree. Mm-hmm. Um, so, final question I'm going to ask you, and I, I'm a I'm an Oasis fan, so I have to ask you about it because it cropped up on my socials again. The yeah. story of of Noel Gallagher and in Spiral Carpets. So, what what are your memories of him uh, with the band? Are you, and are you still in touch with Noel? So, I mean, I'm still in touch with both the Gallaghers and um, get on great than than both. I mean, I do, a, you know, funnily enough, because I'm on the radio, I get offered the interviews with them usually when they've got a record coming out. Mm. But um, I've seen more of Liam over the last couple of years than Noel, but I get on with them both equally well. Mm-hmm. Um, our story with Noel started when probably 87, 88, he was a fan of the band. Mm. So he'd come to the gigs. And then when Steve, our original singer, who's now our current singer, uh, when he left the band in late 88, Noel was the first person who came forward and said, I want to audition to be a singer. Okay. So we auditioned Noel on, in December of 88. Um, so we knew him. You know, we, we knew that he was a, a musician. He, he was a songwriter. He had a little four-track uh, porch studio that he used to do songs on and that. Um, we just didn't think his voice suited our band. Because yeah. we'd, we'd established ourselves locally uh, and we'd put out a record, the, the Plane Crash EP, with Steve singing, and Steve had a big, big voice, and we wanted somebody else who had a big voice, and Noel's voice, even though he could sing, it was a bit, it wasn't really what we wanted. Yeah. But we all liked him enough to say, let's take him on as our full-time employee. So not just a roadie. When we were gigging, he was our roadie, but when we weren't gigging, he was with us day-to-day in the rehearsal room or in our office, sending merchandise out, answering fan mail. There was a nice letter that popped up on uh, online a few days ago on Twitter, um, and it was a letter that... That was Noel, what I saw, yeah. yeah. You see it, yeah. So yeah, it was, yeah. wrote a fan letter to the band. Mm. And we were obviously, a lot of time, we were too busy to answer them personally. So Noel would write back to fans. Mm. And he wrote a letter back saying, you know, I hope the weather's not too bad up in Scotland and da, 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 mm. the next record will be out soon and keep in touch and da-da-da. And it was like signed Noel Gallagher. And I'm like, wow, that's a beautiful piece of history, yeah. that. You know what I mean? But that's what Noel did. He did every day work with us for the next four years or so, I think, roughly. Um, and he toured the world with us, and he was, you know, a year band saying about he was the fifth member of the band, or in our case, he was the sixth member of the band. And he really was. He was with us day and night for the the, the four years that, we, that, you know, came next. He yeah. toured the world with us. He saw the world. He, you know, he came to meetings with us. We'd take him to, if we were going to see an accountant, he'd usually be sat in the corner, you know, having a pot noodle or something. <laughs> um, but, but that's how he learned a lot about the industry by us allowing yeah. him into you know the inner workings of a band um, so he learned a lot and he still gives us a lot of credit for mm. that period of his his life because he you know we, we did we paid him well he saw the world and you know he had a, a nice ride you know a nice nice, uh, mm. nice trip he saw the world a couple of times with us I think yeah. so yeah and then um, I mean I, you know as an Oasis fan myself yeah I'm, I'm gutted that they split up I hope that one day they will reunite. Um, mm. Is that still... hope, or do you think? You know, I, I hope. I've got a feeling it probably will happen. You know what I mean? It's like because the, there's no, there's no deep, deep divisions between the two of them, really. 
Mm. It's all just, you know, brotherly, you know, mm. not, not banter, but it's just, uh, it's sibling problems, isn't it? You know, it's like people on our street will be scrapping their brother or sister at this moment, you know, it's like, and it's just that gone a bit far because it's in the public eye and it's so, mm. you know, Liam saying, bugger off, you know, publicly on Twitter, you potato face, whatever. You know, that, that goes viral, it goes viral, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. It's obviously going to hurt Noel or hurt Liam, you know, when there's a comment coming back. So, but yeah, I mean, it's not like anybody's murdered anybody or run off with somebody's wife or anything, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like just two brothers who don't get on anymore. Mm. I think they'll, they'll make up at some point. I think, mm. I think they'll do it while the mum's still alive. You know, Peggy's still going strong. And I think at some point she... I think she deserves to see him back on stage personally. Yeah, that's what I, I thought. It'd be, it'd be wouldn't it be lovely to see uh, you know to yeah. beg you to see him. Well, back in the same room, really. Back in the same room in her front room would be nice, wouldn't it? Mm. Um, so yeah, fingers crossed it'll happen. Yeah, uh, fingers crossed. Watching, watching like particular Liam's story, I was looking at the um, the photograph exhibition in Pretty Green yesterday. Mm. Charlie Lightning was a close friend of Liam's, and he's a photographer. Mm. And he's documented pretty much every minute of Liam's solo career. So recently, he was the, um, you know, he, he was at the uh, Nebworth gig, photographing on stage, backstage, etc. Mm. Um, and the pictures of that event, I was looking at them yesterday, and it's like, it's quite obvious now that Liam has passed the point where he needs Oasis. He doesn't need it anymore. Yeah, yeah. I think there's a point, you know, post BDI where. Yeah. He wanted it, and he was holding out that olive branch to Noel, and Noel wasn't having it. But now Liam is probably—is he bigger than Oasis now? In some ways, he probably is, isn't he? And you see that mm. audience that he's got—you know, the people, the, the front couple of thousand people at Nebworth—they were all young people. Yeah, you know those those eighteen, nineteen-year-old people again. It's just that's yeah. the generation that he's he's got now, and it's it's special and it's it's beautiful to see as well. Because I know, you know, over the years I've I've, I've Known him when he was a bit unsure about whether that was the end of his, you know, whether BDI was the end of it. He had a couple mm. of years after that where he wasn't really, he wasn't the most mm. confident person that I knew. And yeah, he's turned it around phenomenally. And uh, I'm yeah. glad for him, you know, really yeah. happy for him. Yeah. Well, he's still saying on, on Twitter and, and stuff that he wants to wants to get Oasis back. But um, yeah, yeah, he'll always pin it on Noel, won't he? So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. And I think, you know, I think, I mean, hopefully it'll be, I think Noel at some point will wake up and think this is the day I want to do it. Yeah. I, I think it would be as far as we took a break from 95 to 2003. And I was the one during that period saying, I don't want to do it again. You know, it's like, we, it was an amicable split when it happened. But I think during that period when I started the Clint Boone experience where I wasn't really interested in revisiting the Inspirals and then, one day it was just bang, you know, I want to do it again. And it, it yeah. Similar to the email I got this year in, in July this year saying who fancies this this tour? And it's like, yeah, you know what, I'm ready. So I think one day Noel might wake up. Uh, he might fall out of bed and bang his head and think, oh, <laughs> <be> worth this. <laughs> yeah, well, like you say, fingers crossed. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. Who knows? Yeah. Um, yeah, so I think, yeah, that, I think what, what a great, I'll, t I'll talk about like you know the Peter K getting back out. There's a massive yeah. story. Oasis would be up there. It'd be one of the most phenomenal music stories of all time if they got back together. Yeah, it'd be ridiculous. They'd sell out. I don't know how many times they'd sell out the Etihad, but yeah. <laughs> many. Um, so I think covered everything for the for the interview. Uh, is there anything we've not touched on in terms of any 
solo projects, any Inspiral stuff that, that you might want shouting about? Not really. I mean, that's um, that's about it, really. The, the Inspirals is the main, you know, it's the most exciting thing in, in my life at the moment. I mean, obviously, family issues are very important. You know, seeing your kids grow up and reach 18, etc. is special moments. But uh, knowing that, you know, in a few weeks' time, I'll be on stage with the Inspirals playing those great songs again is dead mm. exciting. That's the main thing I'm shouting about at the moment. So if you've not already bought a ticket, get one bought. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just give me good calls anyway. Yeah, <laughs> yeah just yeah, um, yeah, just uh, just want to say thanks to everybody for all the support that we've seen already. You know, the amount of tickets that we've sold already is incredible, really, for the tour. Mm. Um, yeah, and if you may, if you get into neighbourhood, see you down the front. Yeah, definitely, and I'll see you there as well. So uh, yeah, that, yeah, thanks very much for your for your time. That's great interview, Sean. Thank you very much for having me, and uh, yeah, keep up the great work, man. Will do. So that was Clint Boone from Inspiral Carpets. I thought it was a really good chat, so I hope you enjoyed too. You can still get tickets for the reunion tour. Um, link will be in the bio, as will Neighbourhood Weekender tickets. And we'll be back next week with our final episode of Season 2. So Episode 36, Rianne Downey, who is an up-and-coming Scottish singer-songwriter, um, garnering quite a strong reputation now just released a new single home so we talk all about that all about the move to liverpool um so yeah should be a good one so see you next week